Happy New Year, everybody. You got your resolutions ready? I got mine. Mine is to not dig in my belly button so much. Let's talk about the game. Elbow, forearm, he's going to be down. The result of the play is a touchdown. And then the flag that was thrown on this was picked up. Did it get the face mask? So by rule, the game is over. The Lions Hangover. Welcome to the Lions Hangover podcast. I am Brad. Uh, Don't forget, you can catch me on all social medias. You got the Instagrams. You got the Facebooks. You got the Twitters. uh, And then you've also got the Spotify. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can also check me out on Spotify. And if you are checking me out on Spotify, you can also check me out on YouTube. And if you want to be the third kind of person, then you can also check me out on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Happy New Year. What What a great way to start off the New Year. The Lions defeat the Chicago Bears 41 to 10. Uh, it really was not a contest at all, especially outside of the first quarter. Uh, Justin Fields did have his way in the first quarter. He got over 100 yards rushing. Uh, but the Lions defense, which was amazing all day, shut him down. Uh, he only got like 30 more yards the next three quarters. So after that first quarter of uh, getting his hopes up, uh, the Lions did shut him down. Now, I know he might have been dealing with like some sort of a hip injury, but that's what happens when you have a quarterback who just runs all the time and can't throw the ball. And he really cannot throw the ball. He finished 7 of 21 for only 75 yards in the air. Uh, his quarterback rating was a 40.8. He got sacked seven times, seven times for a loss of 45 yards uh his average pass was only 3.6 yards uh that's not too good Uh, you know i'm happy chicago is excited about him i'm excited for him to be chicago's quarterback for the next 15 years because that should be easy victories uh he he's athletic he's an amazing runner uh but yeah it's you got to be multi-dimensional if you're going to be a successful quarterback in the nfl uh khalil herbert ran the ball five times for 31 yards he had some success but still uh not a huge part of the chicago offense and david montgomery he rushed the ball six times for 24 yards nobody had a touchdown except for cole Komet that came on one One pass from Justin Fields. Justin Fields was also intercepted one time by your defensive rookie of the year. I'm calling it now. Aiden Hutchinson, who has three interceptions on the year, by the way. Uh, We'll talk about him in a second. We're just going to go through how powerful the defense was uh, for the Detroit Lions. Now, uh, and they also caused Justin Fields to fumble. Excuse me. I'm going to have a piece of toast come out of there. Uh, They also caused Justin Fields to fumble. I believe uh, he's got like 15 or 16 fumbles on the year now. So again, way to be excited about your quarterback. Uh, Chicago, I know you are really excited about him. Uh, On the other hand, the Lions have a quarterback named Jared Goff, who went 21 of 29, threw for 255 yards. I needed him personally to to throw for 45 more yards, but whatever. Uh, you know, bookie issue. Uh, 
but he did throw for three touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 133.5. The Lions were in such control that Nate Sudfield came in in the fourth quarter. He did not attempt a single pass, though. Uh, There was a pass player, too, but he did get sacked one time. Jared Goff got sacked one time uh, as well. Jamal Williams had a fantastic day. He carried the ball 22 times for 144 yards. He is just, I believe, six yards short of 1,000 yards on the season. He had a touchdown for himself. DeAndre Swift also got fed the rock today. He ran the ball 11 times for 78 yards. He also had a touchdown. And Jamison Williams also saw some action today. He ran the ball one time on an epic reverse uh, 40-yard gain. No touchdown for him, though. And then even Khalif Raymond got in the action, but he only had a four-yard gain on his run. (coughs) Sorry, early morning coughs. Now, receiving-wise... Let's see here. Jared Goff spread the ball around. He threw to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different receivers today. The leading receiver of which was Amon Ross St. Brown. He had four catches, which put him over 100 receptions for the year, or at 100 receptions for the year. He was over 1,000 yards uh, receiving last week. Uh, DJ Chark, he had two catches for 56 yards. He was targeted four times, though. I would have liked to have seen uh, Chark get a little bit more uh, And of course Jamison Williams He was targeted three times but He didn't get it uh, I, I do have to say while Jared Goff played a great game His uh, Eight Missed passes were Not so great His It was like he was throwing to the middle of the field A lot of his passes were low uh, They hit the ground he was throwing to nobody He had a couple throw out of bounds and stuff like that But that's that's okay But the uh, the other incompletes, like he was throwing to nobody. I, I just don't get it. I don't know if that's like a, a blown route by a receiver or if that's just a poor decision by Jared Goff. I'm not trying to hate on him. He had a fantastic day. However, it's those types of incomplete passes that drive me nuts because it's like, who are you throwing to? Like, even if somebody's supposed to be there, can you just not process really quick and be like, Oh, there's not anybody there, so there's not even anybody. Like, don't you have the vision? Like, oh, nobody. Not, not is not only anybody there. Let's see if I can say this properly. Not only is not, not only is nobody there. I think that's right. There's not gonna be anybody there, but he still throws the ball to the middle of the field, and it just. Sooner or later, those are the types of passes that are going to get picked off by like a diving linebacker or a diving safety or a diving cornerback. If you're facing an elite secondary, those are the types of passes that get picked off. And those, that's a weakness that drives me nuts. And I think for the Jared Goff haters, which I'm on the border of liking him and not liking him, but those are the types of passes that are going to get picked off and it drives us Jared Goff haters nuts. So... I'd rather him throw it out of bounds. I would rather him uh, just hang on to the ball and try to run it upfield for five yards. Just something, some a little bit better of a decision, a little bit better ball management. Uh, you got to take care of the ball. And he's really been lucky this far. Uh, I mean, he's had a game or two where he's thrown like multiple picks. But uh, he's really been lucky for the most part this season as far as uh, not getting picked off with some horrible decisions. I don't want to say horrible decisions. He has bad habits, and his bad habits is throwing to where there's not a receiver. Uh, anyway, 
if you don't believe me, go back, watch the game. Just watch for his incomplete passes. It's like there's nobody there, man. There's nobody there within 10 yards. How is it? I mean, if he didn't look so weird doing it, like you would just call it intentional grounding almost. Like it's just there's nobody around him. And it's just like, why are you throwing the ball there, man? Why? Uh, let's talk about <clears throat> the Lions defense, which was – I would say the showcase side of the ball today, even though they scored 41 points, the Lions defense got seven sacks. Josh Pascal had two sacks, okay? Ifiatu Melifonwu had half a sack. Aiden Hutchinson had half a sack. James Houston had three sacks. John Kaminsky had one sack. Uh... I would say the player of the game, though, defensively, well, the the defensive line was just unstoppable. They were manhandling the offensive line of Chicago all day. They were doing whatever they want. There was tons of pressure in Justin Fields' face. Uh, He couldn't do anything, and his statistics reflect that. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson was just everywhere, though. He had the pick. He had the fumble recovery. How is this guy not going to be defensive rookie of the year? How is he not? going to be defensive rookie of the year. I, I just had to say that twice. Um, it, the Kaminsky sack was because of Aiden Hutchinson. There, I believe there was another sack that was because of Aiden Hutchinson that somebody else got. And it's just like, this dude is doing everything we wanted him to do. Uh, he, he, PFF, pro football focus, they grade everybody every week if you've never heard of them. Uh He's like continuously one of the highest rated defensive linemen, and he's a rookie. This dude is amazing. Uh, the leading tackler on the team today, though, was Alex Anzalone. He had seven tackles, four of those solo. Uh, and it's not until, let's see, the fourth leading tackler was Kirby Joseph with four tackles. Four tackles. Remember last week when your top three leading tacklers were in the secondary? This is what I'm talking about. This is. This is the difference between last week and this week, okay, because you have Josh Pascal, Malcolm Rodriguez, and Alex Anzalone. Those are your top three guys. That's your defensive linemen, and that's two linebackers. Those are the guys you want making the stop because they're making the stop within three yards, if not three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Those are (coughs) – really sorry about the coughing. Uh, Those are three guys – that they're just getting to the ball, and it's like everything you want to see. Uh, of course, there's Kirby Joseph, and then Ifiatu Melifanwu. Uh, those are your next two leading tacklers. And then there's Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, Aleem McNeil, and then after McNeil is Jerry Jacobs. It's like so the front six or seven guys are the ones making the big plays on defense. They're stopping everything, and it just it shows in the game. Like that's – that's when they have to punt. That's when you're getting turnovers. Like that's why we score so much on offense is because we had the ball so much because those guys up front on defense were making the stops, and there wasn't anything Chicago could do. Chicago was a very good rebound game after last week against Carolina. It is everything the Lions needed. It's a confidence booster headed into Green Bay next week, uh, which I still keep hearing is going to be flexed. Like, right now it's for 1 o'clock, but I believe uh, there's some serious talk to making it the 8 o'clock game. I know I ran a Twitter poll. The 8 o'clock game was the most popular option uh, next to the 4 o'clock game. Now, the Lions can make the playoffs with a Seattle loss and a Lions win. Lions have to win. Seattle has to lose. If it gets flexed to an 8 o'clock game, that will already be decided. 
the Lions will know, Green Bay will know, the winner of that game will make the playoff if Seattle loses. Now, I've heard that uh, Matthew Stafford is eligible to come off of IR. Do not expect him to start in Los Angeles. We will be rooting for Baker Mayfield. Uh, I would be surprised if uh, Stafford starts. It's the last game of the season. They're playing for nothing. Why would you risk a more serious injury? He had serious concussion protocol. The dude needs to take it easy. I like Matthew Stafford. I'm not a Detroit Rams kind of person, but I do like Matthew Stafford. And I took it personally when he left. But... We will be rooting for Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams next week, probably at 4 o'clock, because that is the key game for us. And the Lions-Packers game will be the showcase game if Seattle loses, because that's where we become into must-watch TV. Like, that'll be a huge game for both teams, and we both have to play. Now... Uh, before we move on to Green Bay completely, let's just finish up the Detroit-Chicago because we could do whatever we want. We'll, we'll go back to some scoring. So Jamal Williams had a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had a touchdown. Those were both running touchdowns, of course. Uh, and then you got DeAndre Swift with a receiving touchdown. Brock Wright had two receiving touchdowns. And the tight ends have combined for like 12 touchdowns. Uh, this year, which is, I think, most in the NFL for tight end touchdowns, something like that. I want to say I saw that stat. Uh, a few more stats I want to talk about, too, before we move on to the Green Bay mumbo-jumbo. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston are the first pair of rookie teammates, rookie teammates with seven-plus sacks since 1982. Since they decided to start con- counting, <laughs> counting, uh, since they decided to start counting quarterback sacks, uh, this is the first time it's ever happened where two rookies combined for seven or more sacks since 1982. Uh, Hutchinson, however, is the first rookie with seven-plus sacks and three interceptions in a season since 1982. Again, since they began counting sacks, he's the first ever. Uh, Houston is the third player with seven sacks in his first six career games since 1982. You keep hearing the 1982. It's just because they weren't counting sacks before. They were just garbage. They should have counted sacks. It's it's weird that they didn't. This Lions defense, this Lions rookie class, this is bright. Like, you have to think they're only going to get better. And throw Kirby Joseph in there, too. I know he's been hit or miss as of late, but... You're only going to get better. This defense is looking good. You've got Houston. You've got Hutchison. You've got Malcolm Rodriguez. Uh, you can't call Anzalone a rookie, but he's playing better this year. Uh, you got Kirby Joseph. Uh, Okuda had a, a has been having a pretty good season. I know he's kind of been hit or miss lately, too, the last few games. Um, hopefully he can get back to his his early season uh, form. Uh just think of it next year when Tracy Walker comes back and whoever they can get in the draft to help that secondary out a little bit more. And maybe you add one more linebacker and and maybe you add one more defensive lineman. But now it's like, wh- whose spot are you taking? Because Kaminsky's the man, right? Uh, McNeil is pretty solid. He's up there with the PFF grades every week. Um, Pascal, uh, he, solid game yesterday. It's like we haven't heard much from him 
every week, but he showed up. He can. He has the potential, so maybe he's starting to hit his stride right now. Uh, and then again, Hutchinson. So uh, it, it's it's exciting, and it's very – it leaves you with a sense of optimism for next season. And I've never been a, well, there's always next year kind of person, but it's like, holy crap, I can't wait for next year to get here because you you have to think – that the defense alone is just going to pick up where they left off. Now, offensively, they have a lot of questions in the air. What's going to happen with Jared Goff? And we'll get into this with some podcasts down the road. But it's like, you've got decisions to make about Jared Goff. You've got decisions to make about DeAndre Swift. You've got decisions to make about Jamal Williams. Uh, DJ Chark, you've got decisions about. You have to figure out whose spot on the roster Jameson Williams is going to be taking. Because... They're not going to keep holding him back, not next year. This year, it seems obvious that they have no plans to use him whatsoever. Although, what a game to unleash him. Would it, it, Like, no time like Green Bay to really just let him go and throw him the ball like six or seven times and see what he can come up with because nobody has seen it all year. Like, this is the time to unleash Jamison Williams. Now is the time. Nobody... Knows what to expect from him. They know he can run. They know he's got speed. Uh, but we we need to see him on some routes and stuff. Like, this is the game. Unleash him. Throw everything you can at Green Bay. We might as well just get into Green Bay now. Uh, so, we've been seeing that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been throwing some shade at us a little bit. Uh you know, he had the little smirk with the post-game interview uh, two weeks ago. Where he's like, hmm, only one of them is 500 right now. And he wasn't even 500 at that time. The Lions had a better record. Uh, I did see today that he said that the it's not the same old Lions anymore. That's good. I feel like that's a little bit more respect. Uh, maybe he's afraid. Maybe he's like, oh, no, did I awaken a little dragon? Uh but we'll find out. The thing I am most worried about is playing in Green Bay because it's not going to be warm. It's not going to be 50 degrees. It's not going to be 60 degrees. It's probably going to be 30 degrees or colder. The ground is going to be hard, probably not as hard as Carolina, but who knows? It could be even harder. Um, it's just it, the Lions are going to have to bring everything. They're going to have to execute perfectly. They cannot worry about what Seattle has done Uh or has not done because who knows what time the game is going to be. They just have to go out there and take care of their business. They they have to play like it's the last game of the season because it very well could be the last game of the season. They have to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback where when he's getting blitzed, he knows that there's going to be an open man in that direction. So they need protection from their linebackers. They need protection from their secondary like. There's going to be a lot of moving parts, and this is going to be the time where the defense really needs to step it up. This was a good practice game. I'm going to say practice game because we were allowed to do whatever we wanted against Chicago. But this is going to be a good practice game against Green Bay, or Chicago was a good practice game. Now we have to really put everything in motion against Green Bay. We have to we have to make Aaron Rodgers feel the pressure. We have to make Aaron, We have to get inside his head. We have to hurt him. We have to hurt his ego. We have to make him miss passes. We have to make receivers drop passes. Like, there's so much. The defense is going to play the biggest part. 
if we're going to, I'm not expecting us to score 30 points against Green Bay, not in Green Bay, not on the road where uh, all season Jared Goff does not play as well on the road. This is going to be a defensive battle. So whoever wins defensively is, is going to win this game. If Aiden Hutchinson can get another interception from Aaron Rodgers, that would be amazing. Uh, but we are going to need a pick six. We're going to need a fumble recovery. Uh, we're going to need probably a punt return from Kali Freeman, you know, all the way to the end zone. It's going to be tough. This is, it's the last game. Throw everything you have at them because this very well could be our Super Bowl for the year. And I would rather go out in a blaze of glory than turtling up because it's cold like we did in Carolina. So it is a winnable game. I don't know if the Lions are going to win, but it is a winnable game. I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not scared of the Packers, but I am scared of the mentality that it takes to play in the cold when you're used to playing in a dome. And it's like, I know the Lions will be practicing outside all week to get ready for the elements and all that stuff. But when you're there, you know, and there's like 50,000 fans rooting against you and, uh, you know, you're not feel like you're having a good time. The Lions just need to stay focused. They need to look at the other team as their enemy, and they just need to drive home the point that they are the better team, that the Lions are the better team. Uh, it, <clears throat> Yeah. It's it's exciting. It's been a great year. And win or lose, it's been a great year. Next week, win or lose. Winning eight games this season is uh, a lot more than a lot of people expected. Uh, it, we'll do some reflection stuff after next week. But uh, hopefully next week is not our last game. Uh, I have decided that during the off season, I will just go audio only for the podcast. I will be doing one to two episodes a week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So please make sure you follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button on YouTube and even Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can always follow me there. Make sure you get the alerts from when new episodes come out. You never know what an episode is going to drop. I'm thinking like a Monday and Thursday sort of a thing, though. Um, uh, again, follow me on Twitter. I've got a good Twitter poll going right now. Uh, let's see. Oh, I thought I had it brought up. I'll just bring it up right now. Bear with me, yo. We'll do this in real time. Okay, so the Twitter poll this week is if you could do one game over again this from this season, what team would you play against? My options are the Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Carolina Panthers. And currently the Carolina Panthers are winning this poll. As you can see at the time of this recording, it is 44% of the people would rather play the Carolina Panthers again. This is just like, you know, I like to do these fun little tweets and stuff, uh, these polls. So if you could have one crack at one team again, I would kind of like to play the Patriots again. Uh, of course, you always want to play the, the Panthers because they're, you know, the biggest uh, team. Of course, if you beat the Seahawks, if you go back and play the Seahawks, uh, that's who I voted for. Uh, then the Packers game would not mean as much because then you would have the tiebreaker against the Seahawks. So anyway, I think I've rambled on 
that much, and I should probably stop. I hope everybody had a good time. One more game, at least. One more game. Uno mas. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Peace out.